0: Friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilfrey, and I'm here with my co hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we've got a prompt from friend of the show and patron Ian from the Under Common Taste podcast. But before we jump right into that, I always want to remind our listeners that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter at Let's World Build. And if you want to come join our Discord and chat with us more in person, you can do so by following the link either in this episode description or on our website. And of course, like Ian, you're feeling particularly generous, or you just want sweet, sweet access to all those goodies that we have for patrons like Patron-only episodes, patron-only Discord, double-length episodes for your prompts. You can always go to our Patreon and give us money there. Remember, if you ever want to use our ideas or thank us as a tip, going to Patreon is where you can do something like that. And now with all of that out of the way, let's dive right into the prompt. And Ian has an involved prompt for us, so you'll have to excuse me as I get on my narrator voice. We begin with a high magic fantasy world. Everyone in the world has ready, easy access to magic, performing all of their daily tasks. And they're either able to perform at least simple magic, think cantrips and first-level spells from a D&D context, or can easily afford and acquire a device capable of performing magic for them. Magic is the first tool these denizens of this world reach for to solve their problems, for it seems to be an unlimited, renewable, and clean energy source. Every aspect of life is permeated with magic. Farmers use magic to till their fields and increase yields. Scholars store entire libraries of text within a single crystal. Magical automata are used to perform strenuous or dangerous tasks, and entire cities have been created in normally inhospitable locations thanks to magical protections purely for the purpose of tourism. Think floating cities above deserts, ice cities built inside of glaciers, etc. Every technological advance made over the last 700 years has been, at least partially, a new or refined implementation of magic. It is a post-scarcity utopia. That is, of course, until about two months ago, when the magic just disappeared. As if someone threw a switch, every magical device ceased to function, and every person capable of spellcasting suddenly found themselves unable to tap into the magical energies. Fields sustained by magic suddenly fall fallow. Entire libraries of knowledge are lost and floating cities crash to the earth as gravity reasserted itself. What is the environmental, cultural, and social fallout of this apocalyptic event? What challenges do the survivors face having to resort to purely analog technology after living in a world where everything was at least a little bit magical for generations? The Tenets, number one. All magic has disappeared. No exceptions. And I'm going to add this part in, Daniel. Number two, there is only one sapient species in this world. It can have many disparate, unique cultures, but they are all one species. And finally, while there may be myriad theories as to why magic disappeared, no one is certain. If anyone is certain, they are keeping it secret to avoid self-implication. So Ian... That is a hell of a prompt. I'm very excited to dive into this kind of post-scarcity, post-apocalypse, high magic world. So let's get us started. Uh, I finally broke my streak of episodes last time. So Courtney, why don't you get us kicked off again? Start us off with your first tenant. All right. Of Um, course, right after Daniel goes so uh, Daniel, start us uh, off. Funny. You bitch! God damn it! He even, he even got me there. He even
1: tricked uh, uh, me. Uh, I was uh, like, wow, it's actually happening. Nope. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so Daniel, um, go ahead and kick us off. I will. I
1: will say. I will say. Um, whenever a prompt gives me a prohibition. It's my immediate goal to undermine the prohibition.
0: That, why do you think I immediately said Daniel after that? Text? And yeah. I have already
1: found a way outside of your, your rules, Ian. Uh-huh. You cannot stop me. Because you said you said specifically in this world. So my We've prompt- You've got space magic. Okay, got it. <laughs> my prompt is that when magic used to work in this world- it was not apparent to those in its utopia that every magical feat was accomplished at the expense of depleting the magic of a hidden but parallel world to its own.
0: Oh, okay, sure. Uh, okay. So it's not even as though magic still exists in this world. Yeah. It's yep. just like. Kind of got drained back over to the other side or something like that. Something
1: like that. So that okay. way we got an out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've also got like a city in the city by China Meville type situation going on here as well. So that's interesting.
1: In fact, I stole this from an anime.
0: Dear God. Wow. Just, just let that
1: rest for a minute. Wow. What anime, Daniel? <laughs> from Full Metal Alchemist.
0: Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, that's one of the ones that Daniel would watch. That's not yeah. surprising, okay. cool. So this isn't even undermining the prompts necessarily. <laughs> so i'm I'm actually very excited about this, and I was mm-hmm. expecting far worse, so i'm I'm happy to hear this for sure,
2: yeah. It's almost like a an hourglass situation where, for you know the past seven hundred plus years, yeah. it's been turned one way, and then all of a sudden, something flipped it the other way, except the sand immediately. I guess Mm, exactly back to where it's from
0: Mm, exactly great and Courtney why don't you get us started with your first tenant what do you got for us
2: okay yeah I I like the setting in this prompt a lot but I also struggled with coming up with tenants for it and Mm -hmm. I think that's because it was tough to separate this from what might happen in like a real world electromagnetic pulse type of apocalypse scenario because the way that magic is laid out in the prompt it's effectively is like electricity in our world and that it's like responsible mm. for so much of how a lot of civilization functions. And if there was like a impossibly massive EMP or really strong solar flare that suddenly wiped out all electricity on earth, that would be akin to what's being described in the prompts, uh, except for the pre-apocalypse society being post-scarcity, but yeah. Mm.
0: Start hoarding your insulin in this world, I guess, is yep. what Courtney's yep. trying to get at. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> What's that what's that terrible book that you talk about <sighs> one minute after one, one second one after? second after? Yeah, there we go. That book is garbage. Hell yeah. It's a
2: fucking trash. Yeah. Player. yeah, it's a side tangent. There's this book one second after that's for some reason very popular in prepper circles, even though it's like the, the protagonist isn't at all prepared for what happens. And basically it's an EMP and it's just like this bullshit power fantasy. It, it's
0: uh, yeah. it's it's one of those things where it's like within the span of like a month, people have already resorted to baby cannibalism. Yeah, which you would think. Oh, wow. Yeah, which you would think Courtney would be all about, but like it's poorly written. So. It's just
2: really unrealistic in that no, but it's like it not just baby cannibalism, but also Satan cannibalism. Oh, Satan. you gotta, right. you gotta oh, wow that key.
0: Pop. Forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's the first thing I'm gonna do when we lose power because yeah, Satan. Yeah, because uh, who else am I going to pray to? I don't have the internet anymore, so my life is effectively pointless.
0: Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. What well, What'd you do? Honestly, Daniel, I feel like you, out of the three of us, would probably fare the worst in a in a post electricity yeah. apocalypse. I will give up.
1: I'm like, I'm done. I'm yeah. done guys. yeah. Remember in, in the zombie movie, um, the what was it? Twenty eight days later, when the yeah. parents kill themselves, I'm like, that's like me on day one. I'm like, I'm <laughs> out.
0: Out, guys. It's like five seconds before it happens, Daniel. Like, fuck this. Like, fuck I knew what's about to happen. Yeah. I-, I make my way
2: up to your house, and like the first day, and you're like already dead. Or something. Like, yeah, that? no, Daniel. it's like we're knocking
0: fuck. on your door, like, Daniel, come on. We got to get out of here. And like, you're dead already. I'm
1: like, <laughs> this, the it doesn't funny. know it's saying, fuck this. There's no internet.
0: <laughs> and then the power comes back on. It was like, oh, sorry, I mean, guys. The grid just went I, off. It yeah, really yeah. Strange.
1: It's like me, everything time there's a nor'easter <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah oh man <laughs> okay
2: going back yes, to let's, yes. let's get
0: back to back it back to yeah, my exactly. tenant
2: um so to make it different from like a real world situation i tried to focus on what would be impossible to begin with in our real world like ian described floating cities that crashed the earth and so on mm-hmm. uh, and i'm going to say that magic has also been used to control weather and natural disasters mm. like hurricanes oh, and earthquakes and now that that Control has been lifted all of that energy that had been sort of held at bay has been released, mm. uh, so weather patterns have started to shift into extremes and earthquakes and uh, volcanic eruptions are becoming a lot stronger, a lot more frequent mm. than in the
0: past interesting yeah that's that is very fun actually. Mm. I like that i I have a very similar tenant, but before we get into that let's let's see if Daniel has any follow up for you as well Courtney I
1: mean I love the the fact that what will have happened to this world will mirror the real world makes perfect sense and the sort mm. of chaos that would result. So I think like there's a whole lot for us to explore there because we're talking about the breakdown of their society. Mm-hmm. You know, right. More or less. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. There are, there are a lot of implications that I think are just kind of, <laughs> they're too obvious almost to put into a tenant form.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with you on that, but, um, I, I, again, I'm just going to piggyback off of you because Mm -hmm. similarly I was like, okay, what else in this magical world was like kind of kept in check by magic. And I'm like, if this is a high fantasy world, we obviously have monsters and monsters were the thing that were being bound by magic, you know, either kept in stasis or slumber or, you know, so now similarly, it's not just about like weather patterns being unpredictable. It's now we have roving hordes of monsters that are now mm. rising from their slumber slash freed from their arcane prisons and oh boy you know that's bad so if you thought <laughs> the weather was bad we also have monsters as well so it's like lightning dragons or some sh- now well i actually i actually don't want to necessarily do dragons because i feel like that's an intelligent creature so like yeah you know like something that is like just a behemoth Like literally, and it's like in the background, you see the lightning bolt shoot across the sky and it's like backlit. And it's like, oh, fuck, that's a giant monster. We're all dead. You know, we Mm -hmm. can even have dinosaurs if we wanted to. You know, why not?
1: Uh, (laughs) So basically these these natural forces that have been kept in check in the past have been unleashed because exactly. Exactly Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and when
0: I say monsters, I don't mean to like, oh, wolves are back. You know, it's like right. I, I want like <laughs> giant ass wolves. Yeah, no, I, I mean like literal monsters. Thunder wolves. Yeah, thunder why not wolves. Thunder wolves? Thunder well, okay, wolves. hold on, hold on. They'd probably be frost wolves, to Frost be fair. Yes. You know, ice wolves. Thunder wolves are cool though. Thunder wolves oh are really cool. Yeah. yeah. Like their,
2: their howls are just thunderclaps.
0: Oh, that's cool. That's pretty cool, actually. So, yeah, we've, we've established, holy shit, the world is suddenly way more dangerous than yes. it used to be. Yes, very, okay. very. Cool. Well, we're immediately back to Daniel. So, Daniel, what do you got for us this time?
1: Um, Every person in this world has a doppelganger. And with the disappearance of magic, the boundary between the place where the doppelgangers exist and this world has been erased.
0: Are I you mean... sure you haven't read The City and the City by Dinamiva?
1: <laughs> I have not. But okay. this goes back to the whole um, the the concept of like narrative. There's a logical a narrative logic, I guess, sometimes mm-hmm. like when you have certain ideas, which is weird. And I feel like I'm sure that that's something that's been explored, you know, from a theory perspective. But there's something there. If a bunch of people comes to the same conclusion that X should follow in this fictional setting.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you're following a logical conclusion, right? Like you can yeah. see it as as and as far as we can apply logic to
1: our own world. Right exactly like it's internal logic i guess you know right
0: so so daniel is this kind of like through a mirror darkly where we're like looking at alternate versions of ourselves? because i imagine that if you're able to meet your doppelganger this doppelganger is in a world that hadn't had magic until just recently right
1: yeah exactly and i don't i don't know how Mm -hmm. we want to characterize them like Mm The first place we go typically with doppelgangers is like, oh, they're an alternate self that has like an opposite personality. That doesn't necessarily need to be true. Like, I'm thinking, or just um... a
0: goatee you know like right, let's, right. Let's,
1: you know i think thinking of the show that um courtney introduced me to that i fucking love uh, what was it called the leftovers right
2: leftovers yeah. yes
1: and so there were kind of doppel- there were doppelgangers in that setting too not to ruin anything but <laughs> well i had to ruin everything <laughs> so, <laughs> so- <laughs> but in like in that show the doppelgangers aren't necessarily um wait
2: opposite. were there doppelgangers it's the
1: Suggested right in the ending that that could be a way to read what Stop happened,
0: they mm-hmm. not
1: doppelgangers, I guess. Like their selves, the other versions of their selves are they they let me, let me back up. Spoilers. Well, I'm <laughs> never watching this show now, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> the ones who disappeared end up living yeah. different lives, and so in a sense, they're like doppelgangers of the selves they could have been here.
2: Oh, I see what you mean. You know
1: what I mean? Like, so it's like yeah. they're not necessarily like the evil versions, they're just like they've had different lives, so if they came back. They may not even want to be in this world anymore. Yeah, I guess. So I'm, I'm thinking like the doppelgangers here, they might be a version of these people who have had different lives. Like you're saying, they don't have magic for all of their lives. And now they're in this realm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. which again, doesn't have magic. <laughs> yeah. Although uh,
2: since they've lived all their lives without magic, they would be more self-sufficient oh, in this world. You're right. right? Mm. They would have an And advantage. maybe that's a boon. Yeah, because yeah. they have the knowledge of like how to survive without oh, all of that stuff.
1: They have Except the science. now they have
0: magic. Oh, they have science, too. Yeah, absolutely.
1: They have the science. Because they don't have any magic either if they're in this world, which doesn't have magic, you know?
0: Yeah. I also like the idea that because they have technology, they'll actually run through the magic slower than the other society did. Because it's like at a certain point, they all they used was magic. And so this time they're like, oh, we have tandem technology and magic. So we can kind of maximize the energy efficiency of our magic
1: usage here, you know? But
2: Daniel was saying they don't have magic, right?
1: Well, I imagine where the world they lived in, their magic was being depleted, right? Because yeah. it was being used right. by this one. So that maybe they, some of the ones who have arrived here lived in a world where there wasn't no magic at a certain point because mm-hmm. it's been used by the other place. So mm-hmm. it's a, what you're saying, Courtney, is that now that they're here, They've been equipped with the knowledge of having yes. lived either in low magic or zero magic. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. So you're saying these yeah. doppelgangers
0: have migrated over to this. Yes,
1: world. They, the okay. boundary between okay. their world and this one has vanished. so They're here.
0: Oh, okay. So, so there is like there's doppelgangers in this world. The other world is now entirely uninhabited. Is that what I'm hearing? I'm
1: guessing, and maybe it's like separated off somehow because we don't we mm-hmm. want it to be where the magic is. You know.
0: Okay, so so when we're talking about doppelgangers, let's also ask this question as well, right? What What has crossed over? Is it everyone from that world? So now we have double the amount of people, but half the resources that are normally used to sustain. Do animals and do monsters roam over as well in terms of doppelgangers? Like, what are we looking at here in terms of logistics, just so we can kind of figure out how this is going to work?
1: I'll start by saying to keep in line with the tenant, it's only the sentient race that he mentions. Okay. And let's say it's not one hundred percent of them.
0: Okay. Do we want to just roll a die and see how? Yeah. Okay. Break out your D hundred, Daniel. Let's see what we oh, got. Oh man, I
1: get this D one hundred. I love using this thing.
0: I know that. Why do you think I'm? Why do you think <laughs> nah. I'm like? You know what? Let Daniel have his fun. <laughs> Let Daniel have the D hundred roll.
1: Roll this near the mic.
0: I rolled Holy shit, so is that 85% who came over or is it 85% who stayed?
1: what do we want? I could go either way
0: Um, I'm leaning towards 15% because 85% means you're almost doubling the world's population (laughs) which means that you're creating a highly unsustainable world that will probably fall very quickly into chaos, which is something we can explore, but it's the type of like scarcity and like like that. that I'm that I'm <laughs> right which I am personally less interested in but if Courtney wants to make the case for the 85 that I'm here
2: I mean the case for the 85 would be that like a lot of people are already going to be dying pretty much but I do are almost you sure thinking,
0: about that Courtney we haven't gotten through our tenants yet
2: I mean just based on the fact that like if electricity suddenly shut off for the entire world there would be a lot of uh death and suffering <laughs> Mm. Unless you have something about immortality, but uh, which <laughs> is almost more horrifying to think about if there's like suddenly less uh. Uh, resources. but anyway I, I think I think I'm inclined to go with the fifteen just so that this new group doesn't have a huge, huge advantage over the existing denizens of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, since they're already coming in with technology, they're already coming in equipped to handle a world without magic.
0: mm hmm Plus there's also like the idea that there's a very interesting story happening in the other world as well. Like if 85% of the entire population just suddenly was gone, that's another post-apocalyptic event as well. Mm-hmm. But if 15% leaves, that's like, that's a huge disaster, but it's also like, oh wow, that, you know, like that's an interesting world. I mean, there's already the, uh, what there's a sci-fi series or something like that called like the 1% where 1% of the world disappears and it changes. a do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, that that is the leftover section. Oh, OK. Well, there you yeah. go. There we go. Okay, <laughs> That that is that's probably where I heard it. So, OK, there's there you something
2: go. Else there, but yeah.
0: Well, I mean, even still like right like now you have two really interesting narratives kind of playing out in parallel, plus mm-hmm. maybe the 15 percent of people who are getting transitioned over here can be like, oh, yeah, we need this, this and this. And, you know, like they can take on a more leadership type role, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. And mind you, that's not always the case, right? Like if you or I got like time traveled back 700 years in the past, you know, like how much general use knowledge would be able to apply? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Daniel. I get it. I get it, Daniel. That's why I was talking to Courtney and not (laughs) not, not (laughs) Daniel. Um, But like, think about that, right? Like, so, okay. Suddenly you're thrust 700 years in the past. What does that look like for you and what actual knowledge are you able to apply? Like, None of us are like super smart engineers or scientists, you know, like, so how are we going to be able to apply that knowledge there? And I think that we can mm-hmm. kind of apply that with the migrating, you know, doppelgangers, the 15 percenters over here as well. God, that show is so fucking good.
2: It is really good. <laughs> it's yeah. fucking
1: the best. One of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, it's too bad I'm never going to watch it. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's even knowing some of the conceits, like the feeling of it is just so fantastic. I think you'd still love it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but sorry. I, I agree with both of you. I think fifty percent has more narrative stakes great all right.
0: we've got we've got fifteen percent of the other world translating over now, how recognizable are they as doppelgangers? You know, because I imagine that if I lived a different life, I might
1: look very different mm-hmm. and say identical twins other than what might have happened to you because of, like you said, your circumstances right mm-hmm. right, right right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because now I'm just thinking,
0: like how fun would it be to like meet the person who you are in another world and be like, I really don't like you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like you're a dick. You're jacked, but you're a dick.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Or something like, oh, you're a horrible tyrant. I'm going to murder you and take your place Mm -hmm. and like suddenly become a benevolent ruler, you know, like that kind of thing. And what does that look like when a tyrannical dictator is suddenly replaced by someone who doesn't have that baggage? but still has to reconcile with the fact that this other person did all this stuff and you're, you're impersonating them. So I don't know. I think there's some interesting stuff that we can do with that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But let's go back to the prompt as well, right? This is only two months after this has all happened. Mm -hmm. So the immediate collapse has happened. Major panic has happened, right? But what, when the switch got flipped, is that when the 15% came over, or is it like they've been trickling in since then? What, what are we thinking?
1: My first feeling is trickling. Mm. Only because okay. I feel like the barrier isn't like open. It seems to be weakened maybe or whatever mm. the barrier is. So maybe it's okay, like okay. some of them found their way over.
2: The thing with the people appearing, even if it's like a trickle in, I imagine that there's going to be a lot of suspicion around them, given that their appearance oh, yeah. is associated with... Uh,
0: like they're a, literally harbingers of, like, no magic. Yeah, of right. course they're going to be greeted with fucking suspicion, yeah.
2: Right, like, is this going to be, like, a witch hunt for these new people who have mm-hmm. appeared?
0: I, I'm going to say partially yeah, yes. I'm sure people will be <laughs> afraid,
1: <but> people are afraid of doppelgangers.
0: <laughs> yeah. One thing I, I am interested in kind of exploring, though, is we are talking about a post-scarcity kind of utopia, right, With with the magic and everything like that. And because obviously we've never had anything like that before, I imagine that there's probably a pretty big social shift that had to happen in order for them to kind of have this situation. So, what does that look like? You know, everyone imagines like a big collapse right away. And yes, disasters absolutely happen and there's hardship. I actually kind of believe that there are vestiges, if not the majority of the world, that are like actually. Held together well. They're just like, oh, we're in like pure crisis mode and things are fraying for sure. But because if if we're talking post scarcity utopia, that suggests a shift in mentality that is Mm -hmm. now being challenged. But because there's been a culture of this kind of like care and, and, you know, all this other stuff, I actually am of the belief that they wouldn't immediately devolve into violence and chaos immediately right just because of the preconceived stuff that's an interesting
1: proposition yeah
2: yeah that's that's what i was thinking too because like i mean in our current world we're sort of used to the individualism and the yeah essentially greed i guess and Mm. whereas in this world if its post scarcity there's probably a much more communal uh living situation and probably less likely to compete Mm -hmm. in a crisis and there's also too, like in crises like it doesn't always immediately devolve into, you know, baby Satan cannibalism. Right. So like, yeah, I imagine that, you know, when this collapse happens, there's obviously going to be death and suffering of people whose, you know, lives were made possible by the magic. But Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, there would be less uh, of that individualistic selfishness, more of a, we need to get through this together. Sort of mindset.
1: Right. I mean, what you're both saying, um, I think it's really important to underscore because when we think about something like a communist utopia, a lot of the time people object to it is because they think that human nature has rationalism built into it. But right. that's an assumption that we put in place because of the way our culture is mm-hmm. developed. Correct. Like we don't really know what, what human nature fundamentally is. We can make right. some guesses about it, but you could if everyone were murdered right and we started a new society Mm -hmm. and in that society all children were raised under the precepts of say marxism they might Mm -hmm. have a different view of the world which is the assumption that we make in Mm -hmm. star trek that the capitalists have died out and now there's a generation being raised in a different philosophy right and so i think in this world the same thing may have happened over time so possibly these visitors doppelgangers are received Mm -hmm. maybe with suspicion because they they look like the other people but They might be received with open arms, which might also be to their peril because I imagine Mm -hmm. the visitors, the doppelgangers have not had the magical utopia. Yeah. (laughs) yeah.
0: Yeah. Actually, that's something that I was curious to explore as well. If they see these people as like deeply individualistic, I actually think that they would view that as antisocial behavior. Right. Because one thing that really irks me about a lot of post-apocalyptic fantasy is like this idea that it's all about the rugged individual. Like there is this Mm -hmm. extremism to the individual and it's not about like the community that is built within those societies. Right. And I, and I, there is something deeply antisocial and deeply like kind of not wrong, but like, I find it like, okay, yes, those people would exist, but we have those people now they live off the grid and they're like rugged individualists. And it's like, Uh yeah, okay. I'm sure there'd be that to an extent, but like, the thing that I'm really interested about is that you have the stories of like the Davy Crockett's and like the people who are living off the land. But what's happening is like very quietly in the background, people are living together in societies and building farms and building homes mm-hmm. and building villages. Like meanwhile, there's like a man in the woods fighting a bear and he's <laughs> we're getting his perspective <laughs> because it's right. like, oh, that's the adventure. That's the thing, right? But like in reality, it's like, no, there's there's a village right over there with a bunch of people and they're gathering together. You know, like mm-hmm. that is the quiet thing that ultimately rules over a civilization that moves civilization forward. It is not the rugged individualist who's out there fist fighting a bear, right? Like that's not the person who makes the change in the world. It's the people who are building something, building a community and building, you know, what is known as civilization. So bringing it back to the the 15 percenters, like, I would love to see how those 15 percenters come into it and how they're treated. And I imagine that there that maybe that is where a big part of the conflict comes in is where that rugged individual tries to take over a community based mm-hmm. kind of civilization or society. You know, like th- I think that'd be a really interesting way to see it, to approach it.
2: Yeah. And so like also stem off of your point about the rugged individualist, it's not just like the doomsday prepper types who are living out in the woods, punching bears, but it's also like the sort of psychopathic CEOs who do terrible things to get their company ahead that it's the sort of behavior that is unfortunately really uh rewarded in our current Mm -hmm. society sure that in like a more communal society especially in like a smaller community group those types of people would probably be exiled once you realize how dangerous they are to the overall fabric of society
0: absolutely and I think what would be kind of interesting is this kind of maybe you have someone who is genuinely helpful and useful to a society that is suddenly like technology lists, right? You're like, oh, I have this technology, but that person is also just like a very bad person to have in mm-hmm. your community, you know? So that's yeah. where some of the conflict can kind of arise. Like, what is the pros and cons of having this person around? Like, yes, we would advance technically, but is it worth it to dissolve our community in order to get that capability? You know, like, Mm-hmm. these are all really interesting questions that we we would have to like kind of approach but again i feel like that'd be a little bit more in the future considering that we're only two months into this whole thing yeah yeah true. but it is interesting to keep in mind right like as we move forward
2: mm-hmm. definitely
0: yeah oh all right uh we're still on tenants by the way mm-hmm. holy shit where are we at daniel you just did your second one right yeah so okay I'm next yeah yeah. Well, technically, yes, Courtney, but we, we, we don't have mm-hmm. an order, but uh, yeah, Courtney, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> what do you, what do you got for us? What's your second tenant?
2: So it was funny that you brought up dragons before in your, mm. in your first one, Rob, because my second one is that dragons had existed in this world up oh. until two months ago. Uh, oh. because they were magical creatures they also very suddenly died oh out.
1: nice okay that's and, interesting
2: and so did their nature as like apex predators so mm. this also ties into both years that other lesser but still powerful monsters no longer face that predation right so they like you said it's only been two months so there's only so much that can happen but those other monsters have no like barriers against their existence
0: very cool yeah i can dig that i also imagine right that If this is post-scarcity world, I imagine that the relationship that they had with the dragons is probably not necessarily antagonistic, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too, Um, especially because, I mean, in yours, you talked about how. The monsters have been sort of cordoned off away from right. civilization so or even
0: magically bound or like you're you know, right you know not but like used as like farm
1: equipment essentially mm-hmm. right I mean, when you say apex predator though it makes me think that they uh, that means makes you think that they were competing for resources with the humans or whatever these sentient beings are. Oh, so I wonder. are. Oh. yeah i wonder if perhaps they had made a equilibrium with them but that they aren't yeah. necessarily buddies <laughs> well, yeah. well,
0: what we can also consider is that like how did the humans keep those monsters in check yeah. hey they had the friendly dragons you know that they've arranged this thing with like look you mm-hmm. can go and eat as many monsters as you want oh they had that's your food supply that's the deal right I exactly. like, that.
1: like maybe the dragons are highly rational unlike the normal mm-hmm. human race and the, that that mm-hmm. was their deal like we won't go to war with you if you let us mm. own kind of the rest of nature, you know. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm I'm cool with that. And technically, mm-hmm. it gets around the uh, the tenet that Ian sets out, where there's only one sapient race, oh, by true. immediately killing them all. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so, much so idiot. that
0: is that is absolutely still true. So we're good, and that raises
1: some <laughs> questions too. Because if magical dragons that are apex predators, is this on this side? What is their parallel in the other side? Uh, King
0: Kong, monkeys, obviously, <laughs> right? Like... So it
1: would have to be something deprived of sentience that now has sentience, right? Or that has deprived of power that now has.
0: Power, oh shit! You know. Oh. Yeah, no. The idea that there is a race of monster that suddenly develops sentience, mm-hmm. that is a really interesting and cool concept. Maybe well. that's that
1: why some of the doppelgangers are in exodus. Oh yeah, from their world. Or what do you mean? So, so like, they were driven out by this by this thing, uh, this newly awakened okay. Yeah, but the rise of this new intelligence in yeah. their side yeah. That was gone Ooh. for a long time.
0: Okay. What is the thing that gets awakened on the other side here?
1: I don't know. I I like the idea of there's so many possibilities right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. It's got to be something equivalent, I guess, in threat to the dragon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: But it's suddenly imbued with like ascensions and like intelligence. So does that mean that it has to be like a natural predator, or can we give like. Hyper magic and make like illithid equivalents or something like that. Instead, well, keep
1: it simple and literally say they have dead dragons on their side that now are back. Mm. Uh, like oh, like undead ones that have come back. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like the, now those the ones that were dead because they were deprived of magic now have magic and come back to life, whether that's undead or whatever.
0: Ooh, mm-hmm. that's
2: kind of cool. Mm.
0: Or, or I mean, it could also just be like, hey, they were sleeping or they were in yeah, like some kind yeah. of like
1: a, uh, a slumber or a,
0: what's a hibernation. Called? Hibernation. There you yeah. go.
1: I think Thank that's you. I mean, I love I love me some of But I think it, if it's <laughs> simple, we don't have to like worry about another race. Right. We can use right. the same mm. rules, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's also like there are souls are removed from their current yeah. bodies and get moved over to the other one, Ooh, which I is like pretty that. crazy. Yeah. Oh, 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 man. That's really interesting as well, because if you imply that the same sentience gets transferred between the two bodies, mm-hmm. is that the same thinking thing? Uh, is that like the same thing that transfers over? So like, what mm-hmm. does that look like? Like, Oh, that's really interesting. If we, of, oh, oh, I mean, of course we could also just be like, no nope, new brain, new person, new thing. You know, it's just like, it all gets jumbled up on the transfer
1: over, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't know which one I prefer. Of those mm. two options, I don't know. That's right. Because like I could mm. see it being like even worse for the other side if it is new, like brains that form.
1: Mm. Here's an idea that might sway you. Mm. If the dragons are essentially one entity that has moved from point A to point B, that would mm. suggest that the two worlds were once one entity, and the doppelgangers are split yeah. to uh, have doppelgangers yeah. are split of the two. You know?
0: Okay, that's kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know why these humans have been divided, but it seems maybe that something different happened with the dragons. But I I like Hmm. there's something about the duality of that. That's interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Does that mean then that like if it's the same minds that are being exchanged between these dragons over the course of however many thousands of years or whatever, does that mean like they have the knowledge that the cycle is going to continue to happen? Mm.
1: I mean, I would guess so if it's a cycle, I would want to, Fight against the cycle setup because I think like we we that. often go to that yeah, but yeah. it's like right. even if it happened once, that's fine. But I mean, like I, I think it would be interesting if now they have that knowledge because oh. they had a deal, right? But they had a deal on that right, side, not this. Side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah.
0: what I think might be really interesting as well is that maybe this is the first time this thing has happened in this mm-hmm. current setup. So the dragons are equally like confused by this sudden shift Uh, and change, right? Oh, yeah. And so, you know, like we had a deal and now all of a sudden you're trying to hunt us. The deal's off and now shit's going down, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so like all of a sudden you have 15% of the world's population becoming dragon refugees and moving over to this new world because the barriers, like there's that level of osmosis that's starting to like, oh, the worlds are starting to come together again. You I know. mean, maybe
1: there's no BKB on the other side because they had to rough it and there was technology and very little magic. They had to, like, fend off nature themselves. And so there's right. not enough things for the Apex Predator to go after anymore. So yeah. the dragons are like, yeah. oh, we can't mm-hmm. eat anything else. So we're going to eat you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good. That that's good. cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is all very cool. Uh, So get fucked, dragons. Get out of here. See you later. <laughs> um. Yeah.
2: Though another interesting thing to note, too, is like if um, all the dragons on this side suddenly died, then that is a food source for people like
0: a very large food source. <laughs> well, well, that's kind of what I was thinking, is that if these dragons are slumbering, then they have to have something that is either akin to hyper regeneration or they're effectively invulnerable to harm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if the dragons on the other side are hibernating and then the bodies transfer over. Then what are they just fucking dead, right? Or like they're just bones, like
1: Disney oh, gargoyles. Right? Okay, sure, sure. We
0: could do something. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's fine. Been, that is cool. yeah. yeah. I'm okay yeah. with that. Like if they, if in their hibernation they transfer over to some kind of invulnerable state, you know. Like I'm okay with that.
2: I do like the image yeah. of them suddenly transforming into like stone, yeah,
0: gargoyles. Mm-hmm. That is cool. Now you have giant cool dragon statues all over the place, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Man, I feel like this could already be a fa- it's pretty good fantasy setting. I think this will work oh, well yeah. as a novel, honestly.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, too. Sure. I mean, I mean, you're doing like a sci-fi fantasy switch, basically. Or yeah. a fantasy world with a sci-fi
1: conceit, right? Yeah, like there's lots yeah. of ways in, too. I mean, we haven't yeah. gotten to that part of the prompting work, but mm-hmm. there's lots of ways in, I think, to the story. Yeah.
0: All right, are we good to switch over to our... Um... Our uh, recap. Sure. You
2: haven't done your last tenet, right?
0: Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> so okay. So f- for my for my final tenet, we we've built this robust world, right? What I am really interested in, the, the thing that Ian said that every technological advance made over the last seven hundred years have been at least partially newer, find implementation of magic, right? So that mm-hmm. means that their technology, their current analog non magical technology, is Seven hundred years old, right? <laughs> yeah. So I I'm suggesting that their regular non magical technology has entirely stopped advancing as of seven hundred years ago,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and and like I know that that's basically what Ian said, but I'm going to like be really hard on that fact. I want to emphasize that there is no non magical tech that is newer than seven hundred years old
1: so that makes sense yeah -hmm. yeah i mean and it also feeds in because like our travelers will probably go like wow this is a fucking like xyz bot we haven't we we approved on that like 700 years ago (laughs) (laughs) right
2: yeah no it's an interesting thing to emphasize too because like i don't know if you take the current world and go back 700 years like Mm -hmm. there obviously there would be a lot that's missing but like we wouldn't be starting from like zero nothing yeah exactly
0: right Like, if we go back to 1300s, like, holy Mm. shit, that is an entirely (laughs) different, that's a different planet that we're living on at that point. You know, like, that's pre-golden age of sail. Mm -hmm. Plus, I I would also imagine as well that, like, yes, it would be 700 years back, but there are certain scientific principles and certain knowledge that we would have that would still, like, carry over. So it's like we'd be able to, like, speed run the tech tree a little bit, kind of like that anime Dr. Stone you know, where it's like, OK, it's not magical based, but I can figure out a like a real world kind of way to figure out how to make this work, you know, like or a science based way to make this work. So, you know, again, we're only two months into this thing. So mm-hmm. eventually it will get to that point. But as of right now, holy shit, y'all, we're like way back in the Stone Age, basically.
1: Well, things we have to think about, too.
0: To Age, Post, Age, you know, what I mean.
1: yeah. Sorry. <laughs> things I think about, too, along the same lines, Um, you know, like there are probably like machines and other inventions that they know how to use by virtue of the magic helping them use it. And mm-hmm. they, these machines are unattended, lack the magic. Maybe they need a different energy source, and it will require mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. someone who understands, like you said, the scientific principles that underlie how this was built, which no one in the magical society knows because they don't care; they never bothered to learn it. Right. Like mm-hmm. that. That perhaps the people from the other side they understand those principles because their advanced technology was based right. on those principles too. Right. So they yeah. can, like you say, get them up to speed. They can look at this machine and go, "Okay, well, it needs a transformer, or it needs electricity. You know, where else can we get electricity?" From before, you got it from your spells, but we can we can turn this back on.
0: Well, we just got it from the lightning elementals, <laughs> right. you know. Like, yeah. Right,
1: so they're like, okay, well, how do we make this work? Well, there's this equation, or there's this this process. You know, I, I don't know science either. Right. That we would use, <laughs> right, to make this work,
2: and so yeah. they can be
1: very helpful. But at the same time, these people living in the post-scarcity magical society are almost like children in a way, naive, mm-hmm. yeah. and they are ripe to be manipulated. Not only because of their lack of knowledge, but also because of their mindset. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. Have either of you seen a child walk up to a TV that isn't a touch screen and Mm -hmm. try and use it like it's a touch screen? I imagine that, but magnified and amplified across the world where it's like, turn on screen. And it's like, uh, (laughs) what are you you trying to do here? You know, like, uh, oh. Turn on dress myself, you know, or something like that. Or it's like, oh, how am I going to clean my clothes when I don't have the prestidigitation digitation spell? You know, yeah. it's like all of a sudden, like every like minor inconvenience, like this is some bullshit, you guys. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to tie my shoes. I keep tripping all over them. Like, <laughs> right? Oh my god! You know, right. it's like amplified to a magnitude that is almost comical. Until it's like a week into it's like you guys, we've really got to figure this shit out. It's becoming a problem, you know? Yeah, yeah. I shit myself. I don't know how to beat myself.
2: <laughs> We're just so used to magicking away our poop, like in Harry Potter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gun, kill myself. Robot, <laughs> kill myself. It's not working. I'm, I'm all out of ideas.
2: <laughs> um, No, I love that. But something else to consider that's also been kind of a common thread through some of our other... um settings this year is language and like oh. even if there are you know books and records and things of those 700 plus year old technologies yeah. like are people still going to speak the same language like if we tried to speak mm. old english we'd be like what the yeah. fuck is this? right we can't understand
0: Or, or imagine that, like, to get around that kind of issue, everyone's had like a Babel fish or like a rune implemented on them. Exactly. So, like, the language that they've been speaking the entire time, like, you didn't realize that it was an entirely different language until, whoops, the magic's turned off. So now we can't Uh rely on translation anymore, and all of a sudden, that's like, oh shit. So. Like the wife that you fell in love with and you've been married to for four years, oh, no. you suddenly, you be suddenly going, can't communicate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and obviously, you still have that like deep love and care, and so it's like, all right, we're going to commit ourselves to like learning this language, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's still something that has to be reconciled, and I think that's
1: a really that's a great conceit to kind of consider as well. I mean, to your point, Courtney, too. Like any manual through documentation, even if they were written in the common language, whatever that might be they may not understand the math behind it or they may Mm -hmm. not understand Mm -hmm. how to program it or because they've never done that, you know, and they never had. Right.
0: Yeah. Like the, the sudden end of automation of certain things. Yeah. It's going to be a problem. Oh God.
1: Could you imagine? Like if I had to like half the, I'm not a hardware, I'm a software person. Half the things in my computer, I would have no fucking clue what to do with, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh man. All right. So this is very exciting. I'm really thrilled to see what happens and where we kind of end up going. So before we roll our twist for the series, let's go ahead and recap our tenets. Daniel, you started us off. What was your first tenet?
1: Um, in short, my first tenet establishes that there is a hidden world where when magic is used in the, the world of the prompts, it's deprived from that hidden world.
0: Hmm. Yep. For me, I feel like that's pretty well satisfied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Courtney, you kicked us off with your second one. So what did you start with?
2: That was that weather and natural disasters had been controlled by magic. And now that that's been lifted, all that energy has been released more or less. And weather patterns Mm -hmm. are starting to shift into more extreme stuff. And uh, natural disasters Mm -hmm. are becoming much more frequent and stronger, Mm -hmm. which we haven't really
0: talked about. Yeah. uh, I was going to say, like, we haven't talked about that at all. We need to
1: explore that. I feel, I feel like to, Mm -hmm. um, I wonder to what extent I think the people moving from the other side could help them with that because they probably lived mm-hmm. under extreme climate change conditions and they've learned to control mm-hmm. it. Not through necessarily through science, but in, in through, I guess, through science, like agricultural ways and different ways right. of living with the land instead of like trying to change the land, they live with it. So maybe that's what they can teach people of, this, of the side, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm like the signs to look for when there's going to be some mega storm coming or stuff like that.
1: Basic stuff that they never thought about. (laughs) Never
0: had to think about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or it's like, I mean, if we're, if we're thinking about how magic might work in this world, like it might be down to, and and this might tie into how my first tenant works in that they might have bound the, the weather itself to elemental. So it's like, Oh, there's a tornado coming, get our air elemental to Uh, go ahead and quell that down. You know? So our our tenants could be tied and it's like all of a sudden like, oh no, the elementals do what they want. Oh, there's earthquakes and there's floods and it's all out of control and it's all getting worse and worse. But mm-hmm. the, the question that I have for you, Courtney, is why are they getting worse? Why wouldn't they just return to a normal weather state?
2: My thought was that it's like the energy that's been built up from containing these things. Mm-hmm. And also like maybe in this world uh, the norm is seen as extreme because they've been able to, you know, push aside Mm. extreme flooding or they've been able to like block tsunamis and stuff like that. And now that that stuff is back, it's like, Mm. again, like that almost childlike mindset of like, wait, Mm. this is, this is different. This is bad. This is not good. We are not used to this at all.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so it's, it's more like there has been a dam of magic holding Mm. this kind of weather back. And it's like, Things will probably even out eventually, but as of right now, it's like it's like in that that year in Boston where we got a blizzard every week for a month (laughs) and a half. You remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's it's basically that, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what they're currently experiencing, where all of this bad weather is hitting them all at once. Which and like I said, it will even out eventually, and they will eventually get to it. But it's like, yeah, their shit is getting rocked right now, and that makes sense to me. Yeah, as yeah.
1: as one of my favorite people once said in one of my favorite movies, nature finds a way. Mm. <laughs> you, that sounds like a really handsome man who said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was
0: quite handsome, I think. Yeah, yeah. he still yeah. is. I think still he's quite charming. I was going to say, still Elizabeth, very yeah. much is very it's handsome. very, very yeah. stylish. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, very. Also, also that still plays in the jazz trio every no, every wow. Sunday. He yeah. does. Oh wow. my god! Oh yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> he was on d and D show for a while.
0: Yeah, was he? He was, yeah, yeah, I forget which one, huh. but he was interesting. Cool. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, my, my first tenet was monsters that had previously been bound or held in check by magic have suddenly, you know, roamed free and are starting to become a problem. The dragon conceit that we kind of talked about helps uh, explain that. And I feel like uh, we should probably talk a little bit more about what kind of monsters that are, are getting loose and getting mm-hmm. all over the place. But I feel like that's something I'm OK bringing into next episode.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like yeah. that and the the weather conditions, like they're setting trappings that we could tie into factions and other yeah. aspects mm-hmm. of it. Sure. Know? Sure. 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 Definitely. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, so, Daniel, bring us back your first. Sorry, your second tenet. Go ahead.
1: So, this is that every person has a doppelganger in the hidden world, the other worlds, mm-hmm. um, and that mm-hmm. they're starting to trickle through.
0: Okay. And I feel like we've made that pretty. I mean, we, we had a whole ass conversation. Oh, about yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm satisfied with that. So, Courtney, your second tenet, dragons. That, yep, yeah, that was
2: that dragons had existed. Um, they suddenly died when. The magic died because they are magical creatures right and we kind of turned the dying into more of a transfer of consciousness and decided that they're going to be right. gargoyle stone dragons now
0: right and th- they've died in the same way that the magic has died right that has just been like shifted over yeah mm-hmm.
1: exactly how chonky are these guys because i picture them being freaking huge
0: oh yeah i'm picturing
1: yeah, like mega
2: like gargantuan nice. huge mm-hmm. yeah
0: like, would they be able to eat Christian Bale in one bite? That kind yes. of thing. Several yes, Christian bales, definitely, think,
1: right? At, yeah. At least You're talking several Christian bales. <laughs> how okay. many? How many Christian bales, Courtney? Uh
0: Christian Bale, he's running off of a building. He's got two axes in his hand. He's leaping. <laughs> yeah. How many Christian bales could a dragon fit in one bite?
2: <laughs> I'm gonna say like three.
0: Okay. Oh wow, they're large. Does, that's they're conservative. Large. Conservative. Yeah. I mean.
2: I think it depends too on the dragon, like the specific dragon. Like they're probably not all the same size, but three on average. So there's some that are smaller. There's
0: some that are like way bigger. Even still three on average that, that, I mean, Christian
1: Bale's like six foot, right? There's some bunkers that could do 10. We could say maybe
2: oh yeah oh there's, okay. oh there's like at least one like okay ultra so, dragon so when we're there.
1: talking about dragons there
0: aren't many dragons is what i'm hearing because... <laughs> Yeah, i think okay. they're pretty
2: limited i mean given how fucking huge they are they have to eat a lot to survive so. daniel
0: do me a favor roll your d100 yes! again <laughs> is this how many christian males no that's how many dragons there's gonna be
1: Question <laughs> <laughs> well, there are like No. Oh, so it sat on 56 for a moment and now it's on 10, exactly. Wow. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's 10.
0: So there are 10 dragons, which actually really impressive, not gonna lie. They
2: gotta be murder
1: machines. They're probably yeah. Yeah, murder machines. holy shit.
0: Yep. <laughs> so now
2: I'm and, thinking that three is like the smallest size of 15 bale <laughs> yeah. eating. That's like the the minimum yeah, like, that they can minimum, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's the baby size. That's like the diminutive <laughs> ones. <laughs> We should measure in how many elephants can they fit in their mouth.
0: No, no. Christian Bale is Christian a good measurement. I prefer Christian Bale
1: I do like that as a as a unit of measurement. What's the ratio yes. of Christian Bale's to an elephant? So I can thereby make... <laughs> no, like, no, get out of here. You like, elephants can make elephants out of this. I can no. make squares well, of um like Christian Bale squared. So... <laughs>
2: Are we, are we talking African elephant, Indian elephant? Like, what's the African
1: name? elephant, <laughs> woolly mammoth, Courtney? Oh
2: them. my god. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, now I'm thinking, like, if they're that big and there's that few of them, when they do switch over to the other side, like, holy like shit,
0: it's gonna be real <laughs> fucking bad. <laughs> it's, <fun.
2: laughs> it's real bad. Like, and picturing uh, too the fact that we decided on them being gargoyles, like, you have these massive mountain-sized yep. things on the other side that have been stoned this whole time that people have probably like celebrated as you know idols or something and then all of a sudden they come to life and just yeah. Yeah, an entire
0: city yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. here's the thing right i have i have always been of the opinion that dragons should be few in number but mm-hmm. massively important in terms yeah. of like they're like, really yeah. because because so here's cool the thing right why, you know in D, in D, when you see like oh there's a horse-sized dragon like no one cares yes. about a fucking horse-sized <laughs> dragon it's basically right. a lizard like even, who cares right exactly who cares you're just gonna punch it in the face let's go yeah. go down right like literally mm-hmm. if you're a monk just like in
1: placing saddles that we watch, yeah, we watch exactly.
0: <laughs> like, you the horse when Mungo punches the horse yeah yeah, yeah okay mm-hmm. okay so think about it that way right like even in good adventures and there are good adventures that have smaller dragons right they're like mm-hmm. oh you got to fear them but like Dragon no iron. one gives a fuck about mm-hmm. like a little medium-sized dragon. Like no yeah. one's be like, oh boy, look out for that. Like when a wolf can be your equal. Like oh, <laughs> who cares? But if you have a walking natural, de- if you have a walking Holocaust as a, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. As, yes. a as a mythical thing in your world, <laughs> that stakes that yeah. power. Yeah. So yeah. When we yeah. measure oh, on Christian out. bales. Yeah. I, I mean that not in the historical event, but in the like definition
1: I of still the fucking love that word. It's yeah. so good for this. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. So yeah, we're using Christian bales as a measurement of size here, okay? <laughs> so it can eat three Christian bales in a bite. No problem. Yeah. All right. Yep. Got it. It's like the smallest one. That's yeah. the smallest yeah. one. Because yeah, there's 10 of them. And all of a sudden, dear God, that's like a, a problem.
1: Would be one that, that they realize oh wow that's the shitty one
0: yeah yeah it's it's like the literal uh virgin chad meme like that's basically <laughs> what we're looking at right
1: yes yeah <laughs>
0: okay all right so dragons done second mm-hmm. courtney tenet at the box
2: oh to add on though that was the uh their role as apex predators is no longer there in this world so that yes yeah, even more so leads to the expansion of other species
0: right to the monsters yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yes. For mine, for my second tenant, it is 700 years of technology is gone. Like analog technology, non-magical technology. And we're sticking that to like a hard kind of case. And so we're tossing this entire society back into the past 700 years. And that's basically where we're what we're taking a look at for
1: mine. I mm-hmm. yeah. uh, think will, it, it will make for a lot of stories too. Small stories you could write in the setting where... Right you're really just showing the other doppelgangers teaching people things that right. also teach us as the reader things we don't even realize we don't know mm-hmm. you know
0: right or or like that little story i said about like you know learning each other's languages yeah, after relying right. on a translator like it definitely yeah. expresses yeah. itself in smaller ways i would think right mm-hmm. but yeah cool all right so we've got all the we've got all the tenants out there we've kind of made sure everything's uniform and nicely wrapped up in a tight little package so we're gonna roll a die we're gonna see what the twist is and our twist for this episode is the stakes get even bigger Mm. so yeah i don't know how that's gonna happen because we've got like the fate of two worlds on our hand right so are we gonna add like a third thing (laughs) like what's going on here you know Mm. but i'm i'm excited to see how this works out Cool. Yeah. All right. So a big thank you again to Ian from the Under Common Taste podcast and one of our beloved patrons for submitting this prompt. Really fun time, Ian. Thank you so much. Remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, click the link, follow the instructions, and in. within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter at Let's World Build. If you want to come join our Discord and chat about the post-apocalypse or dragons or how many Christian bales you are in terms of size and volume, by all means, go (laughs) ahead and click the link and follow that and come chat with us. And, of course, if you, like Ian, are feeling particularly generous, you can always go to our Patreon where you can get access to double-length episodes if you submit a prompt. Patron-only episodes like the Aphid Lounge. We just came out with one. With one Mr. C.R. Rowenson that is quite gross, but still very exciting. And uh, there's all sorts of other goodies. So go ahead and check us out on Patreon. You can go ahead and see what the deal is over there. Uh, with all that out the way, hey, this has been another episode of World Build with Us. Remember that we love you very much. And we're going to get through this together until next week.